Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With 59 episodes in the can, the 60th and final show not only ends the 2017 campaign, but opens the door to the future for our beloved and what could be in 2018. Who will lead the Bears in 2018? And was it the right choice? All of this and so much more in the 2017 season finale episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Did you miss me? I bet you did. What's going on, everybody? Larry D back. The final episode, the season finale for the 2017 campaign of the Chicago Bears Review. It's uh, good to be back after a short hiatus, uh, just over two weeks, I believe. Um, I've been wanting to do the show all weekend, or all week, I should say. Um, I didn't want to do it last week because I was uh, going through the the cold that every person in America has been dealing with because this frigid weather that's been, um, you know, mucking around in places that usually don't have it like Texas and, uh, Tennessee and, you know, places that really are alert. I mean, these people freak out when it snows. I mean, I've seen pictures where you can still see pavement through the snow, but the entire highway is shut down because people just can't wrap their heads around what to do. Meanwhile, people here in the Midwest, we still see pavement under the under the snow. Like, you know, we're going to we can go golfing, you know, that kind of thing. It's not a big deal. But um, <clears throat> anyway, I was dealing with the um, the cold last week. I was actually homesick on Monday when uh, when the Bears made the official announcement that Matt Nagy is our brand new uh, head coach. Um, and I'll get to how I felt about that here in just a little bit. But um, anyway, so I go through the whole week. Uh, I'm waiting out the Vic Fangio uh, drama. Will he or won't he? Is he going to hang on? Because it was rumored he was attached to Pat Shermer wherever he was going to end up. And, um, you know, he didn't interview anyplace else for a head coaching position. Uh, there were rumors that he might go to Green Bay. How much would that have sucked, man, for Green Bay's defense to get, you know, straightened out with Fangio? Uh, calling the plays and <laughs> having Fangio kick our ass twice a year. That would have been awesome. But, um, you know, but those positions, I think there was another one. Um, the, the places that were looking for, for DCs filled up. Um, you know, I guess he didn't want to wait around for the market to, to dry up. And, and Fangio decided that uh, he would rather finish what he started in Chicago rather than venture out with somebody new, resigned a new three-year deal. Uh, with the Bears, so I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse on that one, but that's what happened. We did get Fangio back, so that's a huge positive. Um, anyway, so I was waiting that out, then didn't really feel like doing it over the weekend. I wanted to do the show on Monday, and I wanted to do it again on Tuesday, but um, you know, my usual routine during the season when I was recording an episode, I would get home from work, 
sit down and have something to eat, chill out for a second, and then get up, do the episode, and get through the rest of my evening. Well, Monday and Tuesday, both nights went exactly like this. I came home, I had dinner, sat down on the couch for a second, and then... That was it. My night was over. I was done. That was it. Both nights, probably dead asleep by maybe 8 o'clock at the latest. It was just... That's what happened. So it's like when I woke up on Monday, I woke up, it was nearly 11 o'clock. So I just went to bed. Same thing happened yesterday. I, I, I made it a little bit longer, but still was, was out cold uh, on the couch by, uh, you know, maybe 7.30 at the latest and uh, slept through the window that I would have recorded the episode in. So today I decided to flip the script and I'm going to eat dinner after I do the show. So I'm going to get this bad boy cranked out tonight. So um, anyway, here we are. It is a brand new era of Chicago Bear football on Monday, January the 8th. The Chicago Bears hired Matt Nagy, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, as our 16th head coach in franchise history. Um, I was home long enough, or I was home sick on Monday, uh, as I said, when, uh, when the Bears made the announcement. Um, DVR'd his press conference, which was on Tuesday. Um, the initial reaction initially, which is why I put initial at the beginning of the sentence, um, was I was not happy. As you guys know, in the year in review episode for Lauren Cox, uh, he and I both were fans of Pat Shermer, uh, coming in, you know, when he, uh, as, as I like to say over the last couple of weeks, anybody asked me about it when I said that, uh, Pat Shermer was my guy because he polished the turd that was Sam Bradford and made him look into a competent Pro Bowl-level quarterback in Minnesota last year. And look at what he's done with Case Keenum uh, in Minnesota this year. You know, the guy's been everywhere, all over the league. He's been a starter. He's been a backup. He is the definition uh, of a journeyman. And he may have found a home in Minnesota, or he may have found a home with Pat Shermer, because Pat Shermer is rumored to be uh, named the head coach of the Giants once this whole, once the playoff run. Uh, is over and um, you know so maybe Case Keenum signs as a free agent and follows him out to uh, New York maybe the Vikings throw some money at him because because Keenum Bridgewater and Bradford are all free agents from Minnesota so their quarterback situation when the season officially ends is uh, FUBAR so it's uh, they've got some decisions to make once the year is done but um, you know but look at what Pat Shermer has done even when he was head coach in uh, Cleveland for those uh, for that one and I don't think he finished the second season but uh, nonetheless the, the quarterback play wasn't really the problem in Cleveland it was foot uh, out there uh, and his track record is proven this guy has uh, done everything you know that he could and he has experience and so on and so forth instead we go with the least experienced guy as far as head coaching uh, is concerned but a guy that you know and, and to tell you the truth I wasn't happy with the hire to begin with um it wasn't um anger or anything like that it was more like disappointment i was hoping that this wasn't mark tressman 2.0 where the guy that i wanted um the bears actually interviewed him he was thought to be you know amongst the the, the hot candidates to actually get hired by the bears and in in, in in fact it was i think it was Shermer, mcdaniels and Nagy were the top choices uh after the interviews uh and such so, you know, it felt like Tressman 2.0 because instead of getting the guy that I wanted, it we, we went and got somebody else. And it was somebody that the, the general manager fell in love with during the interview. And that's all they could talk about during that presser, believe me. And um, 
you know, I wasn't happy with it. Then I saw the press conference on Tuesday, and I like the way he handled himself. Uh, you see, he is a young guy. He's 39 years old. He's actually my age. I'm 39. And, um, you know, he's got that youthful enthusiasm. He seems super jacked to be head coach uh, of the Bears. Um, talked very highly of Andy Reid and, you know, being his mentor and what he's learned from him uh, and all that kind of stuff. Seemed to handle himself really well with the Chicago media, which will be a nice change of pace considering the last three guys that we've had as head coach of the Bears, including uh, Lovey Smith, who I have nothing but love for, but the guy wasn't exactly a media darling while he was in Chicago. Uh, Tressman was about as interesting as watching somebody put up wallpaper, and we all know how evasive and vague John Fox could be for whatever reason with the media while he was the head coach for the last three years. This guy seems like there's maybe a bit more transparency uh, with him or at least a, a lot less efforts to lie uh, to the media um, like we've gotten from from Fox and, and Loggins. Remember, you know, I went on for, you know, over and over again about how the, the way that they that Loggins and, and Fox would answer questions to try to deflect um, you know, the whole thing about trying to find a role for Marcus Wheaton and letting the defense dictate what personnel is on the field for the offense. It's just like it, it just tell us the truth. That's not what you're doing. That isn't. If it is, you should be fired immediately, but that's not what you're doing. Tell us what's actually going on out there, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, he seemed to handle himself very well uh, with the media. And um, so I softened a bit on him. Um, where I've really kind of turned into optimism is watching the staff that this guy's putting together. And I think that we have his relationship with Andy Reid uh, to thank for that because Andy Reid came out and said that Nagy is the best head coaching prospect that he's ever worked with. So that's pretty high praise from a guy that's been super successful minus a championship, of course, but a guy that's been successful in, you know, he brought Philadelphia up from nothing in his five years in Kansas city. He's, you know, gone to the playoffs four years, won two straight NFC West division titles and, and, and what have you. Andy Reid is bona fide as a head coach and, for him to speak so highly of Nagy was a heck of an endorsement. And the, the guy that this, or the people that uh, Nagy is surrounding himself with, he is putting together a hell of a staff. And that's what's kind of turned me on actually having some excitement about Matt Nagy and what the Bears might be capable of uh, in 2018 and beyond. I mean, for starters, he got Vic Fangio to come back one way or another. Um, you know, I, th I think Lauren and I talked about it on the, on the year in review show about how maybe they might have to dangle like, like an assistant head coach position, uh, in front of him or, you know, something like that. There hasn't been any word about what it is. We just know he's back and he's back for three more years. And I guess we'll go from there. Uh, Fangio took the option of finishing what he started, uh, in Chicago when he made his official release statement or whatnot, he talked about being super happy or ex extremely, ex you know, excited about coming back, uh, you know, and, and leading the defense going forward. Um, where things got really interesting is the staff that, that Nagy is putting together on the offensive side of the ball. There hasn't been a lot of talk about the defensive assistance, who's coming back, who isn't, and so on, but it basically sounds like everybody's coming back. So Ed Donatel, our defensive backs coach, uh, and everyone else is uh, seems like you know Fangio's not gonna fix what ain't broke uh, kind of thing. The defense has played well even with you know all the injuries and all that kind of stuff, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, 
But on the offensive side, uh, Mark Helfridge if, um, is going to be our offensive coordinator. And if you don't recognize that name, this is the guy that was the head coach of the University of Oregon um, in, uh, in the Marcus Mariota years. So this is the guy that put together the offense that made Marcus Mariota a Heisman Trophy winner and the number two overall pick in 2015, which ironically is the first year that Fox and Pace were doing this thing together. Um, and, you know, Mariota's been playing well those last couple of years. Um, he was a beast in, in college, uh, got all the way to the national championship game uh, with, with Helfridge and, and, uh, and Mariota working uh, together. He's going to be our offensive coordinator uh, and help put an offense together with Nagy to, uh, you know, get next, uh, to help Mitch Trubisky make that leap from year one to year two. Um, we haven't hired a quarterback coach just yet, uh, but the names that are in there, the two biggest ones are, are Daryl Bevel, who was the offensive coordinator in Seattle for the last several years, mentored and coached up a guy by the name of Russell Wilson. I'm sure you guys have all heard of him. Uh, the one that's looking more likely, he actually has an interview with the Bears later this week, is Tom Downing, who was the offensive coordinator and uh, quarterback coach for the Oakland Raiders, a.k.a. the guy that's been coaching Derek Carr for the last couple of years, who is, I think, currently the richest player in the NFL or way up there. And he's got $25 million a year out there in, in, in Oakland. And his other, um, his other resume bullet point is he was the quarterback coach uh, for several years in Detroit, therefore grooming Matt Stafford, one of the elite quarterbacks in football. So impressive resumes for the guys that could be coming in and adding to Matt Nagy, who was a quarterback himself in college and in the uh, Arena League. Uh, Helfridge, who I don't know what his playing days were like, but then you also have uh, you know Bevel and, and Downing, who both have impressive resumes as quarterback uh, coaches and grooming young guys to be uh, top-level quarterbacks in, in the NFL. So this is really – I'm liking what I'm seeing. I, like I said I, before, we talked about it a lot, about how the Bears – hopefully the Bears could model after, like, the, the Rams especially because they're basically following – they're doing the same thing that the Rams did. They fired the coach that wasn't getting them anywhere, brought in a staff, and, the, you know, and also they had that number one pick, that top quarterback in, in Jared Goff, but there was basically nobody in-house that could help him – learn how to play quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he had his quarterback coach, obviously. But in Philadelphia, Carson Wentz made way more progress in Philadelphia. Number one, he had a better team, but he also had Doug Peterson as his head coach, a former NFL quarterback. Frank Wright, his offensive coordinator, former NFL quarterback. And I forget who his quarterback coach was out there in Philadelphia. It was, I don't think it was, maybe it was Philip. Was it Filippo the whole time? Yes, it was. It was Don Philip or Filippo, uh, or D. Philip, whatever his name. He's not our coach, so we don't have to worry about how to pronounce his name anymore. But he was out there, and the three of them were former quarterbacks teaching a quarterback how to play quarterback in the NFL. Now we move on to what the Rams did this year. They bring in uh, Sean McVay. Uh, McVay's got Lafleur out there. They've got people. They've got offensive people who've played the position teaching the quarterback how to play quarterback in the NFL, and it looks like that's what the Bears are doing now. Nagy's a former quarterback, Helfridge is a quarterback guru, and so is Tom Downing and or Daryl Bevel, um, all going to be surrounding uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky and feeding him uh, knowledge and wisdom and what they know 
uh, about the position. We saw what it did for Jared Goff when he had the right people surrounding him. We saw that how it's worked for Carson Wentz and the leap that he was able to make this year before he got injured. And you got to help but feel optimistic or you can't help but feel optimistic about what the Bears are doing and the people that they're surrounding Mitchell Trubisky with and the potential of what could happen if we could get some targets in there uh, like the Eagles did. You know, I feel like we were a combination of the Eagles. And, well, the Rams had to do the same thing. They went out and they got Sammy Watkins. They went and got Robert Woods. And, you know, that, that really opened things up. And now Todd Gurley is able to flourish because he's not the only weapon that the Rams have. So, you know, that could very much be the Bears. It's like, you know, Cohen and and Jordan Howard were taking a beating this year because nobody was afraid of what the Bears are bringing to the table uh, in the passing game, no matter who our wide receivers were. And, uh, you know, maybe we can get a few targets out there for Trubisky to throw to, take a lot of pressure off of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. And, uh, you know, Howard could have a rookie or an MVP season, much like Todd Gurley did this year. I mean, the possibilities are endless if things go our way for once. So uh, filling out the rest of the offensive staff, uh, Harry Highstand is our offensive line coach, is a big hire. Uh, for the Bears. If that name sounds familiar, it's because it's his second stint with the Bears. He was our uh, all-line coach from 05 to 2009 under uh, Lovey Smith. Uh, and if you remember, uh, in 2000, from 2005 to 2009, we had um, um, Thomas Jones run for over 1,000 yards in 05 and 06. We went to the Super Bowl uh, in 06. Um, in 07, not the greatest year because Cedric Benson was a was a bust and Adrian Peterson could only do so much. But in 2008, when we brought in um, Matt Forte, all of a sudden we got a 1,300-yard rusher again and, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. So uh, the offensive line did fairly well when Highstand was the coach uh, back in the day. Hopefully he'll be able to uh, help us in our offensive line this year. And coach up the guys that are going to be backing up Kyle Long and 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 Whitehair and 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 sitting and and whoever it is we have at tackle. Obviously, we're stuck with Charles Leno. May or may not be stuck with Bobby Massey. So we we got some some things to talk about there. We'll actually talk about that a little bit later on in the show uh, as well. Um, Kevin Gilbride Jr. is our tight end head coach, our tight end coach, uh, son of Kevin Gilbride, who was an offensive coordinator for years. Uh, had a stint uh, as head coach for a couple of, I think, San Diego, or maybe Buffalo. He was head coach a couple of times, but mostly made waves as an offensive coordinator. His son is now our tight ends coach. Um, Mike Furry uh, is our wide receiving coach. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he used to be a wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. So the Bears have played, he's played, you know, played in front of us uh, quite a few times. And let's see, what else do we have? Um, Chris Tabor is our new special teams coordinator. Little disappointed with that one because there was some talk, very brief, very quiet, uh, understated talk, but there was some talk about Dave Tobe possibly coming back to Chicago um, from Kansas City, coming back to Chicago to uh, to be our special teams uh, coordinator, you know, following Matt Nagy, who he's worked with in Kansas City for the last five years, uh, coming out here. Uh, to you know, back out here to be our special teams coordinator, but that was not to be. Uh, Chris Tabor comes to us from the Browns. Uh, that's where he's been the last year or two. Um, not really up on his resume. I just know that he was with the Cleveland Browns uh, last year. And um, that's it for the offensive staff. 
but you know really putting some you know like i said surrounding trubisky who has to be the priority right now we're building the team around this kid then we need to give him as much support as we as humanly possible uh with this kid's work ethic and his talent the sky could be the limit if this works out you know if it follows the the trend with you know with the rams and with the eagles then we could be looking at something exciting uh in 2018 the rest is up to pace uh getting those people in to uh to, to add to what we have uh, or replace <laughs> replace what we're getting rid of. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, the other good news, uh, the other coaching change that is significant, and I mean significant, is the Bears have informed their strength and conditioning coach for the last three seasons. I didn't realize that he, this is a guy that came in with Fox, but he's no longer our strength and conditioning coach. Neither is his assistant uh, as well, those guys have uh, those guys are out. They're gone. So we're going to be hiring new strengthening con- strength and conditioning coaches that will hopefully be able to reverse what's been going on with the Bears the last three years. Um, we had um, I'm not sure how many we had in 2015 on IR, but 2016 there were 19 guys on injured reserve by the end of the season. This year there were 16 guys uh, on injured reserve. And the thing is. Most of that happened earlier in the year, you know, losing guys like Kevin White and uh, Willie Young. We lost week four. Quentin Demps was down week three, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, we added to that as as the season went along. We added some significant names like Leonard Floyd uh, to the injured reserve list. But a lot of that, Jarrell Freeman was week one. Kevin White was week one. Willie Young was week three, I think, I or week four. I, I think he played against Detroit or excuse me, Green Bay on the Thursday night game. But we never saw him again after that. Uh, you know, and just add to the list there, uh, Eric Cush, the, the tank top guy who was supposed to be one of our top uh, reserve linemen, tears his uh, hamstring or I think groin muscle, one of the two, um, in training camp, was on injury reserve for the whole season, had to have surgery uh, to repair uh, the injury. And this is something that just keeps happening over and over again uh, with the Bears. Why the hell did it take so long to get Kyle Long? Uh, ready and you know and on the field and 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 whatnot. I mean, I know that the injury that he had was devastating, but he had surgery pretty much right away, and he still wasn't good to go until week three of this year. You know, I'm not putting that on Kyle because God knows he was making the effort to get back out of there. The guy's a competitor; he wants to play. And you know, as he said at the end of the season when he did go on injured reserve again, was that uh, you know he wasn't 100, percent but he was out there because he wanted to help his teammates and he wanted to play ball. That's got to fall on strength and conditioning coaches. This guy's not as ready as he could be uh, throughout the year. So that is an, uh, an air of optimism surrounding that, that, uh, you know, the guys that were pulling the strings and trying to get our guys ready and all they were doing was going out every Sunday and getting themselves hurt um, won't be leading the charge anymore. We're going to bring in some fresh blood uh, to help out with that, and hopefully we have better luck with it than we did uh, with the guys that Fox brought in with him. And... Um, Last thing I got for, um, well, I got more, but as far as the, the things that I have here in front of me, um, the announcement was made earlier this week, I believe, but uh, Tariq Cohen, our fourth round pick, our backup running back and our utility man on the offensive side of the football, named the NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year for 2017. So big ups, uh, bear up to Tariq, Tariq Cohen uh, for rookie Offensive Rookie of the Year for the NFC North, I should say, not the NFC. I don't I don't think it's I don't think he's the NFC offensive. I know definitely the NFC North rookie offensive rookie of the year. So good job, Tariq. 
Nice job, bud. Way to go. So there. Anyway. Um, now, looking forward into 2018, a um, couple of things we want to look at. And one is who's, who's done, who's not, or who's a free agent uh, after 2017. Who's the free, who are four free agents and who could we possibly get rid of in order to increase our cap space going into uh, the off season. So we'll look at our free agents first. Uh, these guys are all unrestricted uh, free agents that uh, can sign with anybody and, and whatnot when the free agency period begins uh, in March. I think like the second week in March. It's, it's usually always around my birthday. My birthday is on March 8th. So it's usually around then that the free agency period starts. Like we signed Julius Peppers on my birthday, I believe, way back when. That was a pretty sweet gift. Anyway, um, the free agents that the Bears have uh, this going into this off season that are, have finished their contracts. Uh, Prince of Mukamura, the cornerback, he only signed a one-year deal with the Bears. Uh, Zach Miller just completed his two-year deal that he signed uh, before the 2016 season. Um, don't know how I feel about bringing Zach Miller back. Just not because I don't like the guy, not because I don't love the guy and what he's able to do, but just, uh, you know, his health and everything. Does, you know, should he play anymore? I think that's more of the, more of the real question. Uh, Dontrell Inman is a free agent, Kyle Fuller, uh, Mark Sanchez, Kendall Wright, Tom Compton, uh, backup offensive lineman, uh, Christian Jones, uh, linebacker, and uh, Sherrick McManus, our, our utility special teams guy, uh, Mitch Unrein, a, uh, he was a starter, actually, our starting defensive uh, lineman, Mike Nugent, the kicker, Lamar Houston, after we brought him back, he's a free agent now. Uh, Sam Acho only signed a one year. He signed like three one year deals with the Bears. He's signed a one year deal each year that Fox was uh, in Chicago. So uh, maybe we lock him up for a couple years. Uh, Acho played really, really, really well. He was thrown into starting duty, and I thought he did really well this year. So I, I would love to have Sam Acho back. Uh, Benny Cunningham, uh, Josh Bellamy, Bradley Soule, another back offense, uh, backup offensive lineman, and a very interesting. Uh, situation. Pat O'Donnell is now a f unrestricted free agent, has completed his uh, rookie contract. So who do we want to bring back on this list? Um, I like the idea of bringing Prince and Mukamura back, maybe get him a, a two-year deal uh, this time. He did have the injury bug at the beginning of the season, which has kind of been what's plagued him and uh, his time in the NFL. He was a first-round pick for the Giants uh, some years back. Uh, ended up leaving as a free agent last year, played a one-year deal with the Jaguars, was in and out of the lineup with injuries with them. Um, you know, Amukamura, like I said, was in and out of the lineup at the beginning of the season, but has pretty much been a consistent uh, and solid starter of the season. Um, didn't get any interceptions, but he was very good in coverage, uh, got a couple of fumble recoveries and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I really like, he was solid for us, and I like very much what he brought to the table uh, for the Bears. Uh, Zach Miller, we touched upon him. It's really more should he keep playing is, is more the question. 100% then yeah, I, I like what he's, he's doing and or what he has done. He had a good rapport with Mitch Trubisky. Why not bring him back? Um, uh, wide receiver Dontrell Inman, definitely think we should take a one-year flyer uh, on Inman and, and bring him back. Uh, that's, you know, we didn't really get to see much of him or as much as we would have liked to. Uh, I did see online that um, 
he did not catch the amount of passes that was needed in order for the conditional pick that we traded him for um, kicked in. I think he had to have like 30 catches and he only had like 25 or something like that uh, in the second half of the season. So it didn't trigger uh, the draft pick. So basically we get him for free now. Um, So the conditional pick that we were sending to San Diego stays with the bears because he didn't meet the condition. So there you go. Um, Kyle Fuller. Lauren and I talked about this on, in the year in review show. And uh, I think it very much depends on how much the market is going to demand that Kyle Fuller gets. Uh, I don't think it's a bad idea to franchise Fuller at all. Uh, to, to, to sign him on a one-year deal as the franchise player and prove to us that he can do it for two years in a row because he came out like a bat out of hell his rookie year. Uh, he kind of dipped off at the end, but that's most rookies. 2015, Fox's first year, he kind of disappeared. 2016, he actually did disappear. Arthroscopic surgery kept him out for the entire season. And the only headlines that Kyle Fuller made in the season was when Vic Fangio basically called him out in front of the media, saying, like, apparently he's back in practice. He's doing these this. You know, the doctors have cleared him. But now, basically, he has to clear himself. And I'm not getting any indication from him that he wants to play. This was the book on Kyle Fuller. Also, he was a long shot at best to make the roster this year. So the fact that he had that season and he had the, you know, the comeback, if you will, uh, this year, you know, I, I want him to come back, but I don't trust him basically is what I'm saying. Um, he had one solid season. He, and, and we all know how badly he played at the beginning of the second half in games like Detroit and, and Green Bay. And then he settled down for the rest of the year. He's very solid. Overall, he was very solid, very dependable, a great surprise in the secondary. And God knows we needed one. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like the whole Alshon thing. You don't really trust him. Sign him on the one-year deal for the franchise. See what he does. If he performs again, then pay the guy. But if he doesn't, then, you know, he got his money. He got a one-year deal where he made a ton of money, the top five in his position uh, type money. And now he can go off and do whatever the hell he wants. And, you know, we're none, you know, it doesn't hurt any more than just having to pay him some money uh, in 2018. I think if we're going to bring Fuller back, that's what we do. Franchise him for a year, make him prove that he's a consistent player. And if he does it again in 2018, you won't hear any complaints out of me if the Bears have to give him, you know, 12 million a season to get him to stay and, and cover wide receivers for the Bears. And so, um, you know, I don't really subscribe to the have to keep the homegrown talent thing i mean that's a case-by-case thing and with him yes i want him to come back but i don't want the Bears signing him to a six-year 70 million dollar deal uh to bring him back and then have him crap the bed for the next you know two three seasons before we can safely cut him um mark sanchez that's one is that one is interesting because we saw sanchez in the preseason he was okay at best but he was basically brought in to be somewhat of a mentor for Trubisky and anybody who watched any football game the Bears played this year, Mark Sanchez, A, did not dress for one regular season game. He was inactive for all 16 games this year, but he was on the sidelines for all of them, and he was at Mitchell Trubisky's hip every moment there on the uh, on the sidelines. So basically, he was the highest paid quarterback coach in football this year, you know, making a quarterback, making a backup quarterback salary but basically, you know, serving as a coach on the sidelines. So, um, you know, maybe the Bears let him go and, and, you know, see if he can figure it out someplace else. 
If they bring him back, I really wouldn't be opposed to it, but probably more of in the role that he was in uh, this year as opposed to being the primary backup for Trubisky. Uh, Kendall Wright, wouldn't mind seeing him come back. Um, you know, was the best receiver that we had this year. Uh, and I mean this with, with all the love in my heart. Unfortunately, he was our best wide receiver uh, this year. That's not how that was supposed to go. You know, he was supposed to compliment guys like Cameron Meredith and, uh, and Kevin White, but those guys go down in the first game of the season, and now Kendall Wright's got to be the guy, and it took forever for us to get him rolling. And, you know, with the way Loggins and everything handled the offense, you know, he's got 10 catches against uh, Cincinnati, best game of the season, you know, does a fantastic job getting open against multiple people trying to cover him throughout the football game. A week later against Detroit, he's non-existent. I think maybe he caught two balls on three targets or something like that. So, you know, it wasn't really his fault that, that he did how he did uh, this year. And I would, uh, you know, be interested to see what the Bears could do with him if he decides to come back. Maybe he'll follow Loggins back to, uh, to, to Miami because Loggins used to be his offensive coordinator in Tennessee, brought him here to Chicago. Now he's the OC in Miami. God help him. Maybe he'll go down there to the, to the Dolphins and see what they can do down there. But I, I wouldn't mind bringing him back. Uh, Tom Compton and, and Brad Soule. We'll, we'll talk about these guys together because they were our backups this year. Eh, you know, maybe they come back. Maybe they don't. I'm not really going to fall over myself if either one uh, does. And hopefully Eric Cush will be uh, 100% when he comes back. And uh, that will, you know, add some strong depth to our offensive line. And then see what else the Bears can add uh, along the way. Uh, Christian Jones, that's a tough one. Um, he he worked out better than most undrafted rookie free agents do. Um, you know, I mean, I, and the thing is, he was an undrafted rookie free agent for character issues. He had, uh, I think he, this is the guy that had the diluted urine test or something like that at the combine. And, you know, most teams wiped him off the board and, you know, or sunk him to the bottom of the board kind of thing. And the Bears ended up being able to pick him up uh, as a rookie free agent. And, um, you know, He's he's been a starter. He's been forced into starting duty. Uh, has had some great games, had some bad games, had some mediocre games, and everywhere in between. So, you know, he he's played well in spots. Uh, the Bears have moved him around. He was an inside linebacker in college. The Bears moved him to the outside, made him a pass rusher at times uh, in the outs and on the outside and uh, whatnot. Um, I'll leave this one up to fate. I'm not really sure what I want to do with Christian Jones. Sherrick McManus, he's like our new Corey Graham. He doesn't make as many plays as Corey Graham did when he was with us. Corey Graham's still in the league, by the way. Um, I think um, with Buffalo? I think it's Buffalo. But I kept hearing his name over the weekend um, about doing, you know, making plays. The, Corey Graham's still in the league. We drafted him in 07. He's still in the league. Um, anyway, but he's like our new Corey Graham, our special teams guy that's always all over the place and fills in from time to time. We're forced into duty. Uh, thanks to our injury history for the last couple years. Um, you know, I would like to see him uh, come back. Mitch Unrein, nah, he's old and, or he's getting older and everything. It's, I think it's time to move on with him. Mike Nugent, I would love to see Mike Nugent come back. I really would. Um, you know, you guys heard me talk about it several times about how it looked watching Connor Barth make kicks. It, you know, looked like he just had to put everything he had in him just to get the kick to go through the uprights. And uh, Mike Nugent had a very effortless way about him and, you know, basically looking like if uh, as long as he made good contact with the football, it was going to go through the upright. So I like very much what I saw in our short time with Mike Nugent would not mind at all 
having him pum- come back. Lamar Houston, I think maybe the ship has sailed on Lamar Houston uh, just because, just because, you know. Uh, Sam Acho, I, th- I talked about that before. I, I would love to see Sam Acho uh, come back. You know, not if, if if only to come back and be the special teams guy, but we know we can rely on Sam Acho. You know, he'll be there. This guy's been healthy for us and on a team that's been riddled with injuries um, and, and forced into duty. He can get the job done. He, he's not special or anything like that, but he can be solid. And that's exactly what he was for us, especially this year um, when he was forced to be a starter uh, for us. So uh, I would definitely love to bring Sam Acho. And I think this is also a guy that uh, has found his way into the hearts of most fans. I think a lot of Bear fans love Sam Acho and uh, would be disappointed to see him go. Uh, Benny Cunningham, I don't really care. Uh, you know, it's he did okay for us. And, you know, I, I kind of feel at times Benny Cunningham was taking reps away from Jordan Howard and uh, Tariq Cohen. I mean, how many times did we talk about, you know, it's the two-minute drill and Benny Cunningham's out there, even though our playmakers are Howard and, and Cohen, those guys aren't out there. Why? Because he's a veteran, because he's been out, you know, he's been through this a few times before, and we wanted our most experienced guys out there, when actually what we should have been doing was putting our best guys out there, like Cohen, like Howard, during that two-minute drill. Plus, how are you supposed to get the experience if you don't actually go through it? So throw those guys out there, see what happens, get the guys the reps that they need so they can be the ones you rely on in situations like that. So, Benny Cunningham, I would prefer we didn't bring him back. Josh Bellamy, special teamer, yes. Wide receiver, no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, it was like the like that uh, return guy that we had. Um, God, I'm blanking on his name right now. It was a white guy, and it's like, do we bring him back as our punt returner? Hell no. But give him a shot as a wide receiver. He was a really good. He could be a Wes Welker type uh, for us. I'm blanking on his name. Damn it. Um, you guys know who I'm talking about. I know you. I, mean, I know all of you that are listening right now. If you know, half of you are screaming out his name right now, hoping that I can telepathically hear it from the future. Um, I can't remember his name, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, this is the opposite. I don't want Josh Bellamy back as a receiver, but uh, I really like what he does for us on special teams, so I wouldn't be opposed to that happening. Um, and then finally, Pat O'Donnell. We got to bring him back. We got to. Uh, he was very solid for us this year probably one of the most consistent guys that we had uh and for a while there had the longest touchdown pass of the season uh on the fake punt to benny cunningham against the vikings on monday night football so i uh, would definitely love to see pat o'donnell uh come back for us uh next year now moving on to possible salary cap cuts now the bears right now have 42 million in cap space going into the offseason but if we make some cuts, um, we could save ourselves a lot of money, actually, and uh, help our position that much more to go out and, and get some weapons and, and add some depth uh, to a team that needs it. And there, you know, a couple of positions that need some revamping, uh, obviously our wide receiving core and uh, our outside linebacking core. Leonard Floyd needs some help. Now, the Bears might, might address that in the draft. We don't know. But, uh, you know, free agency, I don't know who's available. And that's actually something we'll talk about when we get to the free agency preview episode uh, sometime uh, end of February, beginning of March is when that show 
uh, that's when I traditionally do that show. We'll do the free agency period, you know, guys that the Bears are targeting, who they should go and get, and so on and so forth. We'll worry about who the Bears should go after on that show uh, in March. All we're talking about right here is who the Bears are getting rid of or who the Bears could uh, get rid of to help us save some money so we can go out and get those guys. Like I said, the Bears $42 million in cap space right now. That is 12th in the league uh, this year. Now, places that we can make some cuts and earn some of that money back. Uh, obviously, number one on the list, I'm sure that you're all saying it now, Mike Glennon. Uh, $16 million on the cap uh, for next season. Um, you know, like I said, when we signed him, a lot of people were panicking about the kind of money that we signed him for, which was actually even at $16 million, which is a ton of money. It's actually not that bad for a quarterback. Um, you know, Derek Carr, 25 million with the, with the Raiders Stafford is I think 27 million, if not more for the, uh, for the lions. Drew Brees is probably going to make about 29 million or something like that. If he resigns with the saints, uh, you know, all the top level quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady, all make north of $20 million a season uh, to quarterback their teams. We got Mike Lennon for 16 and his contract was structured in a way that the guaranteed money, $18.5 million, um, this number one, year one, was fully guaranteed at $16 million, And it's only $2.5 million left that we owe him if the Bears cut him. So I think that's probably what the cap hit will be is about $2 million, uh, $2.5 million if we have to cut him. Now, or not have to, if we do, if we do cut him. Essentially, it was a one-year deal for $18 million, which is still not that bad as far as NFL standards go for a quarterback. Now, as far as what the Bears got with that money, horrible, horrible investment. Probably the worst free agent signing of 2017, hands down. But um, as far as the Bears being able to you know, alleviate themselves of the problem. They structured the contract correctly. And actually it's the same thing that we can say for these other guys like Marcus Wheaton um, and Marcus Cooper and Quentin Demps, all free agents that we signed in 2017, all signed multi-year deals that the bears could conceivably easily get out of after the first year. Marcus Wheaton only signed a two-year deal for $12 million. He got 6 million of that this year, as I've talked about many, many times. Uh, earned $2 million for the per, $2 million per catch for the three catches that he made this year. Not all completely his fault because, as we know, Doa Loggins couldn't find a role for him. Um, but nonetheless, can't exactly see the Bears tripping over themselves to bring him back. He's $6 million on the cap for next year. Um, Quentin Demps, $4 million on the cap next year, signed a $3 million deal with the Bears, but again, front-loaded that so he got most of that guaranteed money in the first year if not all of it so the Bears could you know take a minor cap hit to let him go after the first season played about two and a half games before he got hurt in the Pittsburgh game was was possible possibly going to come back at the end of the year off of injury reserve but it never happened Marcus Cooper the guy was public enemy number one after that Pittsburgh game um, but, uh, you know, was mostly a special teams guy, uh, and had to give way to, to Kyle Fuller, who literally, who, who, who played him all season, you know, as far as Kyle Fuller versus Mark Cooper, there was no conversation, uh, 5.5 million against the cap for 2018 signed a, I think a three-year deal with the bears or I think it was a two-year deal or a three-year deal. One of the two, 
Um, but the Bears could alleviate himself, themselves of that $5.5 uh, uh, Other names the Bears could possibly get rid of, Jarrell Freeman. Uh, I love the guy. Would love to have him back. He's still going to be suspended for the first two games of 2018, and he's you know got busted on two tests in the last two seasons. So is this somebody that you can trust? The cap hit is non-existent. It was it'd be the final year of the three-year deal that he signed with us uh, coming into 2016, and he was you know injured all of last year. So maybe that's where the Bears could save some money. Nick Witkowski is all but ready to take over as the full-time starter there. That's basically what he had to do after Freeman went down week one after the uh, Falcons game. Uh, Willie Young, I would prefer we didn't cut Willie Young, but $5.5 million for uh, an outside linebacker north of 30 years old, you know, a lot of teams would make that cut. So we'll, we'll, we'll see about uh, Willie Young, but that's $5.5 million the Bears could save. Uh, one they're more likely to make, I would think, is Pernell McPhee. $8 million against the cap this year um, and has uh, two years left on the five-year deal, 2018-2019 on the five-year deal. He signed with the Bears back in 2014, I believe. So, but, um, you know, has had issues with his knees. When he's been on the field, he has not been what we needed him to be and, uh, you know, has been in and out of the lineup, finished the year for the second year in row on injured reserve. So uh, not good for McPhee. When you're making $8 million a year, you have to do better. And then uh, finally, probably one that I would be against, to be honest with you, but because of the cap number, it's possible Josh sitting at $8.5 million could be a cap casualty uh, for the Bears. Now, if you add all this up, Glennon with $16 million and Wheaton with $6 million, so on and so forth, it could be up to an additional $57.5 million in cap space, but that's if the Bears do all of that. If they, if they cut all of those players, $57.5 million we're putting back into the cap, which puts us, which not, takes us from $42 million and change to almost $100 million. You know, it's like $99.5 million, like literally is what the Bears would have, which would take us from number 12, where we $2 million, all the way up to number three in the NFL, behind only the 49ers and the Browns, who both have over $110 million a piece in cap space. That is bananas. And what's even more amazing is that when I looked at um, the San Francisco, because it, it's, it's, it's sportstrack.com is the website that I found this information on, and they have you know, the number of players signed you know, to the team. The, the Browns and the 49ers both have 61 and 62 players signed. So they have $110-plus million to sign 20-something players to, to fill out a 90-man roster to go into training camp with. So they've got some money to throw around. And the, with the way the 49ers finish the year, that's going to be a hot destination uh, this year. A lot of people are going to be competing with the 49ers and, uh, you know, keeping, uh, you know, uh, you know, trying to keep the guys out of uh, Silicon Valley out there. So that could be something to keep your eye on. But if the Bears make all those cuts, 57.5 million puts us at nearly 100 million in cap space going into the offseason uh, for a team that really just needs a few pieces and a little bit of luck. And we are off to the races, guys. Honestly, you know, I wasn't that thrilled, as I said at the beginning, about Nagy being hired as the head coach. Um, I softened on him a bit after I saw his press conference and I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing with the staff that he's putting together. You know, the staff that he's putting together is very impressive. And, um, you know, bringing back Fangio was huge. 
the guys that he's been able to lure in to help coach on the offensive side uh, has been very big uh, as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what the Bears are going to be able to uh, put together and seeing who we can lure in free agency with the uh, with the coaching moves that we've made. You know, what kind of relationships has Matt Nagy uh, made in his time uh, coaching? Would he be able to lure somebody significant to uh, help the Bears out? You know, Jarvis Landry, the wide receiver for the Dolphins, uh, went public today saying the contract talks between Miami because he just finished his rookie contract with them have been disrespectful. So maybe that's somebody the Bears can lure away, uh, former first-round pick, bring him to Chicago, give him some money and make him happy with a new quarterback that's aching for somebody to throw the ball to. Let's see what we can do there. That could be interesting. So anyway, that's it. That's all I got. So overall, like I said, in the beginning, not thrilled with Nagy. Definitely not the guy that I wanted. Um, but over the last you know week and a half since we made the hire, it's uh, something that I'm coming around on. I'm really liking what I'm hearing. Um, I'm really loving the staff that he's putting together, you know, was able to lure Fangio back and, uh, and, and whatnot. So I think we got some reason for optimism and, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting excited. That's for sure. So two more, uh, announcements before I go. And, um, number one, not going to have to wait that long for the first episode of the 2018, uh, season, if you will of the Chicago Bears Review. Um, I don't know how many of you know this. Um, There is a new documentary movie about the 85 Bears that's being released uh, pretty soon. And it's going to be a one-night-only event uh, released in theaters on January the 29th. Uh, For those of you who are movie buffs like me, it's a uh, one of those fathom events like if you go to them if you get to the movies early and they're showing you trailers for like the metropolitan opera and you know stuff like that you can go see it on a like a saturday afternoon at your local movie theater and whatnot that's what this that's one of these of type events fathom events they sometimes they show concerts i've seen ufc events at movie theaters because of fathom event i've actually seen a couple of kiss concerts uh due to fathom events and stuff like that and they have these one night only events about a month or two ago they did the the ted dibiase the wrestler his uh documentary was a a one night only fathom event um i didn't actually get to go but you know something like that monday january the 29th uh, the movie's called 85, the greatest football team in history or the history's best football team, something like that. And um, I'm going to review it for you. Kind of like I did with the 30 for 30 back in 2015, I believe. I'm um, going to go in and uh, check it out. And the first the first episode of the 2018 season, if you will, uh, will be me reviewing the documentary for you. And um, then we'll, we'll be taking a break until the uh, free agency preview uh, episode, like I said, end of February, beginning of March, and then we'll uh, give it a couple of weeks and then come back and talk about who the Bears signed in that uh, two-week period or so, and uh, are we happy about it? Are we thrilled? Because last year left a lot to be desired, and even more so left a lot to be desired on the field with the people that we ended up signing last year. So we'll see if the free agency period goes any better for the Bears. Who did we actually cut, and what kind of money did we end up saving uh, towards that $42 million that we have right now, how much money, more money did we go into the free agency period with and whatnot? And then finally, my, uh, my final announcement is um, for anyone who follows me on Facebook, you've probably seen this already. 
Um, but I am going to be starting a new podcast here in the off season. It is called Back to Zero. And um, for those of you who don't know, um, if you don't follow me on Facebook or, or anything like that, um, I'm a big guy, have been my whole life. Um, my weight has gotten out of control in the last several years, and it's affecting me in ways that, um, that uh, make things tough for me. And back to zero is basically a, a nicer way of saying getting back to normal. You know, my knees are, um, you know, my knees bother me. I've got lower back problems and, you know, basically back to zero is me trying to get back to doing things normally again, being able to walk without pain uh, in my knees and, you know, going back to the gym so that I can strengthen up this body that, um, you know, basically I've gotten to the point where due to my inactivity um, over the years and how much weight I've gained, my body's not strong enough to hold itself up anymore. And uh, I'm turning 40 years old here in 2018. And uh, there's only so much time that guys in my position get if you stay that way. Uh, for anyone who knows uh, the comedian Ralphie May, he's bigger than me, but I'm not much far. I'm not that far behind how much he weighed when he died. And he died in October at the age of 45. And, uh, you know, I'm turning 40 this year. Five years ain't enough for what I have planned uh, for the rest of my life. And um, I need to take the necessary steps to reverse this trend. And, um, you know, I live out here in the Quad Cities. I basically live by myself out here. Um, I don't have much of a support staff or at least anybody else who can keep me honest and help me stay on the path. And that's where you guys come in. So I'm going to be starting this podcast on January the 26th. And when I saw that date on the calendar, as a Bear fan, it made all the sense in the world. Um, so the new podcast is called Back to Zero. Uh, it, it will premiere on Friday, January the 26th. And it's basically me trying to document this weight loss journey that I need to go on. Um, you know, trying to fix my eating habits, you know, getting myself back in uh, the gym and exercising again. And, and, um, you know, it's like my, my, my fitness goals aren't big. They're not huge. You know, I don't want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro or, or, you know, conquer Everest or, you know, or anything like that. I would like very much to be able to go to the movies and be able to walk from my car to the, to my seat in the theater without being out of breath again. That's where I'm at right now, guys. You know, I am out of breath just from walking from my car to my seat in at the movie theater. You know, I I got I can't I I can't do that anymore. You know, I'm ashamed to admit this out loud, but that's the point. You know, I'm putting it out there in the ether hoping that someone else will help keep me accountable because I've tried so many times over the years by myself and I haven't been able to do it yet. So that's what I'm thinking, you know, join me. You know, whether you are just want to cheer me on or if you want to jump in with me. We'll keep each other honest. You know, let's do it. So look for that January the 26th. Um, I'll be updating it on Twitter. I'm actually going to make a Twitter account for it. So keep your eyes open for that. And I don't know if I'm going to do the Instagram or Snapchat thing. Um, I'm not really that big of a social media guy, um, but uh, we'll see. But we'll definitely have a Twitter account for it so I can notify of new episodes and stuff. And I will be sharing that on uh on the chicago bears review stuff like that so if you follow me there you'll get notifications that the new back to zero show is is out so 
that's it. That's my major announcement. Uh, that show will be the 26th, which is next Friday. And, um, you know, uh, step one and uh, trying to get it done and then uh, seeing what kind of progress I can make. So hopefully you guys will join me and uh, help me out. Um, and that's all we got. So, again, uh, the 29th is when that movie comes out. Uh, check your local theaters to see if it's uh, coming. I think uh, maybe go to fathomevents.com, I think is what I hear a thousand times when I see those ads at the movie theater to see uh, if it's anywhere in your area. And I'll be doing the review for it, um, you know, probably on Tuesday, the 30th, to get it out there. So um, keep your eyes open for that. I hope you guys will join me for Back to Zero and uh, help me get through this. And uh, I'd really appreciate that. So anyway, until then. My name is Larry D, and this has been the 2017 season of the Chicago Bears Review. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com.